Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. And I'm producer Bill. And today, let's just get to it, because we got one life to live. We're talking about the greatest immortals in pop culture. We are not trying to be completist. We are not going to talk about fucking Sisyphus and every Greek motherfucker <laughs> that, that you know, our Prometheus getting his gut ripped out over a bunch of time. We're not going to talk about all these weird, you know, we're going to talk about the ones in pop culture mostly and the ones that affect our lives mostly. But the interesting thing about it will be which ones of those immortals are the ones that most struck us. That's why you're listening to this podcast. I'm very excited about this one because um, that means you guys are forced to talk about vampires. No, 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 (laughs) (laughs) it done fucked up. (laughs) Well, we brought this on ourselves. Really? You you really did. It is a hard thing, though, to like jump into immortals for me and Ed. I honestly heard this topic idea and I did not even think magic. That is how magicist I am. I'm like, oh, immortals. Like, there's some cool ideas we can talk about. And then it's like, oh, shit, magic. I mean, and it's wild that you didn't think that because pretty much all immortals are either mystical, mythical, cosmic characters or or magic characters, too, right? I mean, yeah, I was 100% just in the cosmic silo. That's where I was. But yeah. Let's get into and, it, Ron. Who are some of your favorite magic immortals? <laughs> Let's talk about Lestat. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, god damn. This motherfucking I mean, chicken rats in New Orleans. <laughs> I do want to say that's something interesting about immortality. Half of religion was created because people are afraid to die. I mean, really. Mm. And of course, people looked at the sun. Wow, it, the sun keeps me alive because uh, it's so warm and nice and everything grows when it's sunny. You know, like they figured all that stuff out and was like made a god out of the sun. Beyond that, like people are afraid to die. And I think it's interesting that people are afraid to die because if you think about immortality at some point, I think you go crazy or you get bored. Yeah. That's always been sort of a de facto assumption. I don't know if that would be true. I don't know either, but it's it's interesting. I mean, at some point you think that with immortality, you're going to go into space, right? Because we'll figure out space travel at some point, right? Well, that immediately makes me think of like Vandal Savage from DC, yeah. who mm-hmm. has literally been alive for like a million years, but has never been to space. And then you're like, well, shit, what do you do on Earth for a million years? It's like you start with the Cro-Magnons and then you come to modern society. I don't know, man. I feel like you would definitely go through incredible peaks and valleys in terms of your mental and emotional states, right? Yeah. But it's like you would have to rediscover and reinvent and reconsider yourself so many times at a certain point, like your entire perception of how time passes and like what you mean and what life means just changes. I almost wonder if you get to a point where it's like just the sheer freedom of like, I'm going to decide to be, do, think and believe something totally different becomes kind of exhilarating. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like there's that assumption of going to space. It would just be these acts of like exploration and discovery But if you turn that eye inward, maybe there's even more, you know, satisfying and interesting things to do in a million years. I don't know. I think the board thing is, I don't know, that might be born of people who actually like get bored in regular life. 
Like <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, don't really got time true. to be bored. Honestly, I think I understand boredom as in you're stuck in a class structure and you're super smart or something. Not like I can relate to that because I struggled in school because I'm a dumbass. But I was always daydreaming about different shit and I always hated the structure of what we were all doing. So I just kind of did bad. But if you were a genius and you're mm. sitting in class with these dullards, even the advanced people are dullards. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. I guess that's kind of like what it would be like to be that vampire from Twilight. Going to high school for the 500th <laughs> fucking time. He's like, you guys don't get it. It's acute or obtuse. You guys are being obtuse about not understanding this at this point. I hate you. I'm going to bite you guys at night. Listen, I think uh, committing to going to high school for like 120 years is a little obtuse. So, That's you know. insane. That's insane. It's also the exact antithesis of what I was just saying. Like, man, you know, you get all that time. Maybe you just really start to like do things differently and look at things differently and whatsoever. Nope. nope. Just going <laughs> to sit with a bunch of teenagers learning about the Pythagorean theorem for the hundredth time. Awesome. But what if you're a dumbass and like you just can't learn, but you're immortal? You know what I mean? Your immortality like, makes you're you like, dumber. Yeah. Or, or like, because maybe you're like, you're like in the idiocracy world where you're just a, a fucking moron and you're, you're incapable of learning, like go through life being like, Oh man, Oh, I got to eat some nachos. And that's like your whole life. You're like, I don't think about <laughs> things. Well, listen, that brings up another immortal, which would be Galactus. Yeah. You go through your whole life just going, Oh man, got to eat some nachos <laughs> or planets. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what is Galactus Gal- yeah. think about? Galactus is interesting because Galactus is representing sort of this entire wing of immortals where it's like, this dude has been alive since the creation of the universe, technically before, because he's the last survivor of the previous universe, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And so he has uh, spent 13.8 billion years existing. You might Never go take- insane if you spend that long just hanging out you might just be like you know i've eaten every dish that's ever existed uh clearly planets are the only thing i can eat now i mean at this point though planets just got to taste like cardboard you've eaten so many planets (laughs) it's just like this doesn't even excite my palate anymore this lead tastes just like the last lead ah well i mean he is eating the energy we were we were making fun of how he like eat the actual i would love it if he actually ate the matter of the planet that would make him a much more interesting character this concept that he shows up on a goddamn hoverboard and he puts uh or you know like a a segue remember that time he showed up with a little platform that he was like riding on and he like he he pulls up and he like starts juicing the planet like an orange he just starts just sucking the energy out of it with some machine no Come up and eat it. Like if he's matter eater lad and he's like about, you know, a hundred stories tall and he just comes down here and commences to eating Central Park, just bit brick by brick, tearing shit down, eating it. And and he's going to keep doing it until you stop him. He's the juggernaut of eating your planet. And that's and the ill part about too. Galactus. Yeah. And sometimes Galactus, sometimes Galactus has taken a thousand years to eat a planet. Sometimes he did it in 282 because they <laughs> blew up half of it trying to stop him or something. You know, like, dude, I'd love to see Galactus like that. Like he physically eats the planet. That'd be fucking awesome. He doesn't even have to like use his mouth and chew it. But I, I do like the idea that like, no, the dude just like needs a certain amount of every element on the periodic table. Mm-hmm. So it's like he can't be crashing down on the gas giants and just filling up on hydrogen and helium because that would kill him. 
He can't yep. be eating stars because that would kill him in a bunch of different ways. Like he's mm-hmm. got to find a good, complex, rocky planet for a balanced yep. diet. And like maybe he doesn't eat. Yeah, that'd be kind of goofy him like actually eating the planet. But like he's like sucking the matter in or like he's just like erasing areas around him. Just I agree, man. Like I think he should just be breaking down the planet and like feeding that shit into his veins. Like he's just hooked up <laughs> intravenously to Central Park, something like that. That'd be amazing. Dude. And he'd be a good character to get bigger as he gets stronger. You know what I'm saying? He's like eating mm. more and more of your planet. That's what makes him get bigger. But he shows up big. Mm. It only gets bigger. You know what I'm mm. saying? And you got to get the ultimate nullifier. He's, get, he's getting a growth ready. spurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got the he's nutrition. Like, after after 13.5 billion years, I finally hit puberty. He starts growing some <laughs> facial hair. He's got some giant Tupperwares because he's meal planning his earth. Like, Dude, I can um, see like the layers of sedimentary rock and different shit in his lunch that he's eating. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, got, it's like lasagna. Like a parfait <laughs> or something, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so what is our definition of immortal? I mean, obviously it's living forever, right? That's what it's supposed to be. But like, does that mean you can't get killed? Well, let's, let's talk about the two types. The type mm-hmm. that literally can't get killed and the type that just lives a whole long time let's talk about the second one later because they're i think they're kind of more interesting but the ones who can't die are super interesting because okay what do you do with absolute somewhat invulnerability or the ability to regenerate like what do you actually do because at that point your life is like a star trek life literally achievements and shit are the only thing you can actually do you know what i'm saying you know what i think the best portrayal of this in all of pop culture is is groundhog day Mm. And if you read some of the fan theories, there's these ideas that like in order to learn all the things that he's shown as being proficient at in that movie, Bill Murray would have had to have lived like 10,000 years in the cycle. Like it's just Mm. he learned so many things, become so adept, like, you know, down to like seconds of timing, even just going about his day. Like it would have taken thousands of years that he lived that life over and over again. And I sort of think that's a good example of what you were just talking about, where it's like at a certain point, you just learn to become a concert pianist. You just learn to become a great artist. You just learn to become like all of these things that are people ultimately think would take lifetimes to master. Um, but then you also really struggle with for a while, I'm going to be a nihilist and just keep trying to kill myself until I realize that's not going to work. And then I'm going to become a hedonist and I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And then I'm going to, you know, slowly you just start building all these experiences into your worldview. So I think it's partially achievements mean something, but it, it, at that point also it becomes a little bit like just raw experience means something. Yeah. Like if I'm never going to die, I should do everything. And I mean everything. Would you become a criminal? Right? Like, well, yeah, at one point just to try it. Yeah. I'm going to live forever. And like, but then it gets to some dark places. Like, will you just go and kill random people, kidnap somebody? Like, just for the sake of what's this like? I will, I might argue, given enough time being immortal, you would just for the lulls, you know, just for like, how does this, how does this go down? I don't know. That's crazy to think about. I would like well, to think I wouldn't do that stuff, but you just don't know. Like, especially in the circumstances of Groundhog Day specifically, I would say, because you're going to panic at some point. There's a claustrophobic, that feeling of, of I am trapped and this is never going to end. So what the fuck do I do? Like, you might become kind of crazy and do some crazy shit for a while, but you might even also recover from that crazy shit. So that's interesting, exactly. too. 
Well, just to be positive for one fucking second, Jesus Christ, I think I would go crazy Ed's from like positive. what the fuck is happening? I would I would think I would go crazy <laughs> from watching people make the same mistakes over and over again, like oh, societies, yeah. cultures, mm-hmm. whatever. That part would really that part would be what makes me a criminal. I wouldn't get bored into going into the king's house and chopping his fucking head off. I would get mad into that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I would get pushed into it over time being like, God damn. And like, I don't know, man, being like an immortal, bro, an immortal would be able to be Batman. Batman would work if he was an immortal. Like that would be, it would be logical even for him to be that fresh, like such a great detective because, you know, studying human nature, you talk about a motherfucking student of human moves and immortal would kind of have to be a student of human moves, you know? Also, by the way, if we're talking about this type A immortal where you just cannot die, then also, even if you feel pain, even if you can get your bones broken, at a certain point, you just train yourself to like, yeah, I'll take a gunshot. I'll get jumped and beaten and every bone in my body broken. I'll get stabbed. Like, who gives a shit? Because in a long enough time period, none of that stuff really affects you once you understand this is never going to kill me or incapacitate me in any sort of permanent way. Hmm. Hey, you might be able to fight harder with a bullet wound that you get later because you like figured it out. You're like, okay, this is how my body reacts to the shock of getting shot. So while I'm shocked, I can still do these two Muay Thai moves. And this one thing I learned in fucking Spain in 1642, whatever. And then you know that that's how your fighting style is when you get shot. Oh, with a broken leg, these are the four moves I can do to incapacitate the person who broke my fucking leg and drag them close to me so I can slit their throat laying down. <laughs> you know, these. Yeah. this is the way I can do it. Now, yeah. now, this isn't talking about the greatest immortal. Now we're just talking about immortality. But I, it's totally got piqued my interest. What would you guys learn to do? What would be one of the things right off the top of the dome? What are a couple, maybe a couple of the things that you would learn to do like outlandishly good? Uh, I think fuck with sharks, bro. I think I think that's the very first thing I would do. Because check it out. You're in the deepest, darkest water. You can see five feet in front of you. That massive porker. She swims up with her big ass head and her black eyes. And she's right there. And she chomps down on you. Your intestines come out. And you're screaming. And you're hitting it in the eyes. And you're gouging it like they taught you on Shark Week. But it's not working. Because all your fucking, your whole legs are rattling down her fucking gullet. And then you heal up and you go, all right, bitch, I got something for your ass. And you go down there again and you fight sharks and you get over that fear. (laughs) Once you are in the fucking ocean and you ain't scared of sharks, the rest of the world is cake. Five Russians on a bus. Get the fuck out of here. I've been eaten by sharks several times. First of all, it says something about Ed that given the choice of what would you do in your life if you were an immortal, you would become Quint from Jaws. (laughs) But also, that is such an interesting proposition. Like, yeah, with the ability to heal from anything and not die. Like you could create relationships with environments and animals and situations that human beings never even dreamed of. I would have to say for me, if I if I was that type of immortal, if I was a Deadpool style immortal, where it's like, no matter what, I'm going to regenerate, I'm going to be okay. A part of me would have to experiment with dying. Like a part of me would, would want to be like, yeah, I'm going to go into a nuclear, set off 
a nuclear bomb near me. Not that anybody's setting off nuclear bombs, but you know what I mean? Just that, like, <laughs> I want to experience shit that no other human being possibly could. That's what I would want to do with that power. Like, fucking shoot me out into space with no spacesuit. Like, go fight a I mean? tornado. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Tornado's coming. I'm just gonna fucking stand here and let it take me. You know what I mean? Let's do like, this tornado. Throwing punches yeah. at it. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny that like I want to be Quint and Bill wants to be Pecos Bill, <laughs> the dude who rides tornadoes and shit. Yeah, totally. And you know what I want to do? And this is so boring. I want to learn to cook the best food in the <laughs> fucking world. I mean, you could do that now. No, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm talking about. Spend in a hundred years learning every day. You know what I mean? Like every single dish in the goddamn world. And then you're just making delicious food for your friends and hot ladies that you uh, make sweet love to for a hundred years at a time. Damn, you got a weird fetish if that's the case. <laughs> no, wait, no, wait, let's no, examine it. Ron wants Ron well, wants another to use immortal his chick, immer- obviously. No, I his, Ron wants to do no, nah, you said it. You know, you yeah. got hundred years <laughs> in time. So yeah, maybe you're maybe you're let's say your jizz has a mutagenic factor of uh it makes the chicks live a little bit longer. So you're still banging these chicks for like they're a hundred, they look seventy-five. It's cool. Wait, you so know? <laughs> You're an immortal and you're banging chicks raw? Like, I feel like there's some real... No, you gotta wear a condom. You gotta yeah, wear a condom. Yeah, there's some real, like... Support. Oh, dude, hold on. But hold you're on, also guys. rich. Dude, dude, mm. hold, hold, real, real quick, real quick. This is how... Number one, you you might not be rich, dude. There's so many broke old people. It's insane. But I'll say this. That's how the Highlander started, dude. There was an immortal, and he was going around, and he started fucking chicks, and then these immortal kids started getting born... All over the place, and then like his energy started sapping. He started feeling weak. He's like, "Oh God, I gotta kill these motherfuckers!" And that's how he got his powers back. And then they all started killing each other to get energy. And that's how it started, bro. I don't know if that's canon, but it should be. That would be it, right? It should. Okay, so now the Highlander is immortal, except for that if you chop his head off, right? Right. Well, Mm. and Highlander is an interesting type of immortal in that. Well, he's kind of type A and type B. That's why the Highlander is the fucking best. That's why the Highlander is coming up in this so-called greatest episode, because he's both. He is a person who can survive the slings and arrows, literally, and the bullets and whatnot of regular life decently. But in the ritual act of fighting another of his kind, they have devised a way to kill each other. And that is the the decapitation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If you get your head cut off and it's not a Highlander... Do you still die? Yeah. What, what if you have a boating accident as a Highlander yeah. and you get your head chopped off? Does it kill you for real? Or do you just gotta, does it kind of lull on there and or come back on? does your head just grow back the next day because it's not the sword of an immortal and the energy wasn't? Because there's, I assume, some kind of energy transfer or something like that? Hmm, yeah. Well, the energy happens after the head pops off, though. But you have to yeah. have immortal power to chop off a... Huh. What's the even, tinsel strength of immortal skin? Well, I was going to say, even weirder... If the head gets chopped off, does the body regrow a head or does the head regrow a body? You know what I mean? If it's a regeneration issue. Well, I think okay, it's what if which, it's, whichever one is most mangled? No, I don't know. Well, what what if it's both and then those two Highlanders have to have a <laughs> fight because there can be only one? <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, this Man. is the thing. These, Immortality these... is great. This was a great decision, Ed. <laughs> these type A immortals, right? And I, I love that we've just default. Like a type A immortal is clearly the type of immortal that will read just can't die for whatever yeah. reason. Well, a type B can die by any means other than just natural aging, right? Yeah. So, but so these type A immortals come with a lot of weird asterisks because there's so many strange questions posed by their existence. And then it becomes a thing of like, all right, if you want to avoid the weird issue of like, so say you decapitate them, do you now have a, a, a head that grows body or body that grows a head? If you want to avoid that, then you got to start adding on superpowers where it's like, well, actually, you can never separate their head from their body because their bones or their skin or whatever is too strong. All right, well, if they've got ultra-strong bones or ultra-strong skin, they could do a lot of other shit that human beings can't do. And next thing you know, you've got, like, a weird uh, immortal Superman type. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a Oh, okay, question. well, let's talk about that part. Okay, you have one body in this life, mm -hmm. and it is totally your decision uh, and except for certain cases and how it looks in this immortal's case, he is totally able-bodied, has no diseases, doesn't have a thyroid problem. This immortal can pack on muscle. This immortal can get emaciatedly thin. This immortal can get super obese. That's one thing I'll tell you a fucking ass I would do because I done did it in this life. I would get fat as fuck. I would get fit as fuck. I would be a gymnast. I would be a real uh, fire plug. Mm -hmm. I would fuck, you know what I'm saying? I would do a lot of shit with my body over time. It also begs the question, though, of like, how much pain do you feel? Because I could see getting into MMA, but I also, and again, maybe this would change if I was an immortal, but right now I would say I don't really want to go through long extended periods of feeling pain. So it's like a part of you is like, oh, I'm going to use my immortality to be a cage fighter or whatever. But it's like, if it still hurts when I get punched or get my arm broken or whatever the fuck else, like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I'd rather be out banging no. chicks. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. I, I do want to mention, I will, of course, uh, make out. I, I'll also be gay for a while as well. I'm going to do all of it. Oh, I think you'd have to be. Yeah. yeah you're going to do point. everything. I'm going to do yeah, all of it. Kind of get the Mick Jagger, David Bowie on. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just going to do whatever you do. Um, but I do want to say, um, uh, I think maybe you get used to it, like pain. maybe pain. Because I mean, if you think about like a lot of people, like who have chronic pain, can like live regular lives because their body adjusts to that pain level to a certain point. They're affected by it and they live less long because yeah. of uh, chronic pain. Uh, but they, but they also are still functional people who go out and do stuff. Um, and also, but then, then, then there's the other question, of course, you can't do MMA if you do this because your blood test will still come back with, uh, painkillers in it, <laughs> but you could also just <laughs> take a bunch of Vicodins. <laughs> oh, dude, that's, that, br that brings die. up a whole, that uh, brings up a whole it, other, look, my straight edge ass right now. I'm doing all the drugs. Exactly. That's the question. Mm. Like, every drug. Yeah. You're doing 100%. every drug that has ever been done. You're going to do so yeah. much DMT that you actually see God. You're going <laughs> all of it. You're doing, you're doing so much drugs. Oh, my God. So and just imagine the comp. Oh, my God. The combo plates of things you could be doing. Like you could be in the ultimate gangster meeting of the Kung Fu overlords of 1780. 
while on that version of ayahuasca or DMT and trained in the martial arts and the fucking shootist arts and you're like kung fu and people that shooting them <laughs> and then you and after you defeated your enemies and you're just sitting on all there's all this blood you go over to the piano and you play a perfect concerto so fucking long man i i think okay so if we're talking about the best immortals if we're looking at the type a and the type b that's why highlander is is way up there but like you mentioned vandal savage earlier i don't I kind of don't remember the whole jazz. Is it just that he got in contact with some alien thing and it said it gave him a few little tips or something. And then from that point, he stayed alive this whole time. No. So unless they changed it, it was always he came in contact with some sort of weird radioactive meteor and Mm. it gave him functional like type a immortality. And Mm. so from that, he became rich and super intelligent and master strategist or whatever, but that's just because he was literally like a caveman who was given immortality and has been alive essentially as long as all of humanity. So he became this sort of, you know, extremely intelligent bone vivant who, you know, has been involved in like all these incredibly important things throughout history. He's both, I think he's both like one of the best and also one of the most frustrating immortals because he should be the guy you were just describing, Ed. Like he Mm. should be the guy who can do anything and everything and like life is almost just a fun little game to him. But they they often just portray him too much as like the mustache twirling super Mm. villain where it's like really he should just be, I, I mean... I think in general, you don't really find immortals that take the logic to its logical conclusion, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation. The the good thing about some of these characters as represented in comics is they do acknowledge a little bit of that how crazy you would be looking at the world not under your control if you live that long like mm. living that long of being some passive passive person wouldn't almost be possible you'd be driven to be like i'm here to re- to look at you guys fuck this all up you'd have to get involved you're the only person who knows you know how fresh you are you yeah. know all, you dyers don't understand how dope I am. Okay. <laughs> I have some ideas. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, I mean, you become that guy. Yeah. And, and I think that the, your, your thing about Vandal Savage is, and the reason he doesn't become that guy is because if he's a narcissist and a, a megalomaniac and all of those things. And now here's the question. Are those inherent genetic traits that are unchangeable from that person? Because if that's the case, then that's what you get. Like, an immortal Donald Trump, if he acts, yeah. but the problem with him, him is does he learn from his mistakes? Because he See, doesn't seem to. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. If this guy never learns from his mistakes, eventually he gets caught. Eventually, what? you know, and then he ends up in jail for as long as jails exist. Dude, hold on, hold on. But immortal Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Just imagine he outlives all his jailers and slips out of some some manby pamby idiocracy prison in the future where like he he learns his own code <laughs> and reaches out and, and gets the pushes the buttons because everything's color coded and picture coded in the future for these babies. And he, he lives long enough and then he starts scamming them. 
Bernie Madoff in an idiocracy future of dumbasses who will just give you their social security number or whatever. He's oh just my the God. president. That's, that's opening a can of worms too about like if you get arrested and you're an immortal, how long before they realize like something's fucking up with this guy and like then what do they do? <laughs> but I, going back to the Donald Trump comment, I mean that kind of was the conception of Andal Savage in a couple ways. Number one, he was portrayed as like the reason he touched that meteor is because he was the most violent, brutish member of that caveman clan. He was essentially like the local warlord. And when the glowing thing fell from the sky, he claimed it as his and made sure he was the only one who had access to it. And then I think this is still canon. Like they posited essentially that he was Genghis Khan, that he has been like some of these great conquerors throughout history. And he just sort of lives lives and slips away and decides to live another life and yada, yada. And so by the time, and I guess for me, the only criticism would be, well, by the time you get to the modern era, then like, What is your motivation? At that point, you could sort of pick it anything you want, right? Because you've exhausted everything you could do. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think there's a certain point at which, yes, it may just be an inborn trait that like might makes right and being the strongest is always the best. But at a certain point, like you're going to get tired. I'm not even going to say bored, but like if you're constantly... Like at a certain point, you're going to have to realize, all right, the most efficient and effective way of might isn't necessarily just like smiting people on a battlefield. Um, And I don't know. I just I just would like to see that interrogated more. Like it's almost like in a Vandal Savage that would make sense. He is literally running the world from the shadows and is like one of the richest men has content, you know, has leverage or power over every leader of every major nation on earth and then superheroes show up and suddenly there's like a challenge for him you know what i mean like yeah that would be my rewrite yeah fuck yeah i mean i think that's i think that's hard as hell dog i think i think that's i think that's a really good uh conception of him and yeah i think rachel ghoul is the graduated Mm. concept of vandal savage in my personal opinion and even he defaults into like yeah, I'm a fuck your city up. City suck. He's been around so long and seen so much bullshit, but he still has this really childish, you know, conception of how to set things right. Ah, fuck your city up. Fuck cities. They're full of assholes. You know, it's it's this really child childish Cartman esque <laughs> vision <laughs> of Rachel Ghoul that they end up with. You know, you're that long lived, and it's like, hey, detective, why don't you fuck my daughter? I've lived 5,000 years. I'm obsessed with one guy fucking my daughter. And I know that I know it's a put over for Batman. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, come on, bro. Like, your whole plan is to fuck with this guy's city and to taunt him into beating your ass again. It's like, you know, you've been around 5,000 years. Batman surviving you. Kind of like, I think that's that's the way. I think me and Bill were talking about it last episode. Just when Batman survives some of these immortals, some of these super kick-ass super soldiers, some of these metahumans on about the 10, 12, 15-ton level, when he survives fucking with them, that's the put over for Batman. 
Mm. Not him standing over him for some plot armor reason. Rachel Gould just he should be sicker. He should be like that version of Mando Savage you're talking about. Well, he should be he should be the thing you were talking about too, where it's like you could be in a room full of the hardest motherfuckers on earth, kill all of them, and then play a piano concerto after you're done. You know what I mean? Like mm. Batman should never be able to win in a hand-to-hand fight against that guy, other yeah. than the fact that it's cool when he does, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, do your character flaws change over time? Will they change? I think that's a good way to say it. Do your character flaws change over time? Like, If you have one character flaw, does it stay the rest of your life? Yes. But as you evolve, do your actual character flaws change? You used to be a narcissist. Now you're fucking helping every goddamn body. You're giving every cent. You're immortal, but you're poor because you're fucking giving all your money to everybody. You sleep in the street. You know, you could get different character flaws over a, a thousand year life. That was always my impression of Rachel Ghoul. And I don't know if this is canon or not, but to me, it always felt like he started as somebody who wanted to save the world, save humanity. But then he became so disenchanted that as he reaches the end of the Lazarus Pit's effectiveness, he's like, fuck it. People don't deserve to be saved. People suck. I've been around for 5,000 years. I've tried to save civilizations numerous times and they always just keep crumbling. Like none of this should exist. Fuck people. You know, which is, you know, a very uh, uh, nihilistic and sad thing. But if he starts as somebody like, I want to be a benevolent dictator of the world and ending as somebody who's like, fucking people don't even deserve to exist. Like, fuck these guys. That's a change of a character flaw, arguably for the worse, but like it's a change. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think that's when that's what I think is interesting about this whole concept in general is 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 you know what what happens with immortality if you are given it and then more than anything like if you're born immortal like you've got to have a whole different you know if you know you're immortal, you know that you're going to hit the age of I don't know to 25 bodily and you're never going to change from that point on. You're just going to be 25 looking, but also have your brain still continue to get better and better. Like, I don't know. It, and then, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, oh, we, we've been talking about the type A can't die. Like, what are gods? Like, mm. Hercules is immortal, right? Well, Hercules, but Hercules He's a demigod. Died. He's a demigod, so yeah. He, yeah, he, can't, he can die. Zeus, Zeus is an immortal. That's why I always think it's so misguided to portray like actual gods as characters because there's just no way to inhabit that headspace. Like you can't yeah. turn that into a just an individual person who, you know, is going to chill out and like have a conversation with you because yeah, to your point, Ron, how old is he even? Like he's one of the fundamental forces of the universe. So is he 6,000 years old or 13.8 billion years old? Does time even mean anything to him? Like what the fuck, you know? Yeah, and then also his the concept of what his job is, like <laughs> how do does he you spend know what his I'm saying? Time? Yeah, because his job is being a god, and what is your job being a god? Is it looking over your people, keeping them safe? Is it fucking with your people? Is it just watching them? You know, well, like, in Zeus's case, it's uh, having sex with a lot of them. Well, that's, that's too, what yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah, but gotta turn into a goat first, to, or a goose, or something. Yeah, all the all the things, yeah, yeah. all the things. Yeah, the, it is, I think. Yeah, they didn't have a block about bestiality back in those days. No. <laughs> well, it, and it is it is funny how often you know across mythologies, um, 
gods are really just trying to have sex with humans. Like that's just the thing that keeps happening. It just goes that when you're writing as a writer, you're like, man, I love getting laid. I bet gods (laughs) like getting laid too. so great i don't know if you've ever had sex but it's fucking awesome and it's it's kind of like what we're doing right now we're like making up these scenarios of like okay now i could come down as like a a goat centaur or some shit like that and then i'll tell the chick what's up you you by the river and then i'll turn it to a guy all this kind of bullshit all the different ways you can get laid and like that that type of porn where like uh people fuck velociraptors now and shit you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not that you would know anything about that, but like, it, it exists. Yeah. He, he didn't search that on Pornhub specifically or anything like that. No. Well, I mean, this brings up another whole thing, which is like, all right, we've been talking about how immortality might quote unquote go bad. You know, like you just decide you know better, you decide nobody deserves to live, whatever. If it were to go right. That's also a little bit fucked up because talking about sex, one of the things you would realize is that you're going to outlast anybody and everybody that you actually love or have any type of like affectionate feelings toward. So almost by necessity, you would have to become Buddha. Like you would have to become a bodhisattva where you forego any sort of personal attachment to anybody or anything because you recognize ultimately how transient it all is. Hot. And, and, but, and like, so if you do that, that's not to say that you're going to become celibate, but it's like, yeah. you end up living a very monk life, monk like existence, right? If, if you're not a hedonist, if you're not like, well, nothing lasts. So let me get my kicks in, which ultimately ends poorly in a moral sense. The only place to end up in a good moral sense is like, I'm just not going to fuck around with any of it. You know what I mean? It's like you, you become an ascetic. Can you become a benevolent, slightly dictator, not dictator, benevolent? <laughs> you, a benevolent you know what I'm saying? Like I guess. Benevolent... I don't know. I'm just one of those things where like we've all we all talk about like, so let's say you come up with a way to make sure that everybody's fed in the world technically by the way guys you're gonna hate to hear this there's enough food for everybody well that's like, the big thing like how do you actually make that happen like well you, could... you have to take over you basically have to take over the world mm-hmm. and do you do that in like a violent way do you do it in a sneaky way you'd be able to figure it out because you would have literally all of the time to do it unless of course you have to stop climate change first. So now you got to stop climate change. You know what I mean? There's just like all these things that you got to take care of first so that now people live. Then once you take care of that, now you start taking care of dispersion of food, for instance, because like it's, it's proven. And then does that, is that impossible? Because I can't do that to be clear. I don't know how to solve that problem. I mean, I know that it's solvable because I know for a fact that there is enough food for everybody. We, there's, like people talk about that all the time. There's plenty of food. People store food and grains and all of that stuff and hoard it so that they can sell it for more money. Tons of countries do that. Sure. So, so like if there was a place where you were getting food to everybody, making sure that all the water's clean, each place that people were living was taken care of. But then you got to interfere with people's cultures because there's a ton of cultures out there who just want to be out on the land doing their thing. You know but what I, I mean? would there's say? 
I would say play that out in a more logical sense, right? Like you are still just one person in a world of 7 billion. Yeah. So even if you come up with the perfect plan, right? Even if you come up with the perfect plan of how to, you know, move the chess pieces about the board behind the scenes over centuries, nothing is going to go the way you plan because yeah. peop- there's still 7 billion other people doing whatever they do. It's like you could be some... I love the idea of stories, by the way, of like, I'm an immortal. And ever since the Middle Ages, I have been manipulating wealth and governments and the, the progress of humanity to try to feed everybody. And then come the 1930s, this dude named Hitler takes over in Germany and suddenly my fucking plans go to shit. Because yeah. like, how could you actually predict, predict. everything and plan for everything? And that's why I think ultimately you would become in a, if you are not going to become a morally bankrupt person, you would ultimately sort of withdraw. You would become very Buddhist. It's like, so you, or you'd be Dracula. Well, except yeah, that you're I, forced to eat people. So what about <laughs> cursed immortality? Vampires are an interesting wrinkle in the whole thing because like, they have they've got the galactus thing on top of being immortal so mm. it's like their their life really is dedicated to one pursuit in particular because that's the key to their immortality huh. right, well, we covered vampires well no well i mean i think the interesting thing about them is they do have this weird moral quandary of like exactly how did they exact that their 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 hunger right cuz like there's no moral way to eat a planet there's zero way you can't kind of, but yeah. like as a vampire though, you can go to b- a bunch of different One places base. and find people who mm, deserve Hey, my favorite quote of all time deserves got nothing to do with it. You don't deserve to be rich. You don't deserve to have diseases. You don't deserve to have a beautiful wife. You don't deserve anything deserves got nothing to do with anything, but there are some people who deserve to get fucked up <laughs> And if you were, I think in the episode uh, me and Bill did about werewolves, we we're talking about like if you were a werewolf, and I could we can easily transpose this to vampires. Vampire. If you were a werewolf or a vampire, and there was no way you could get sustenance other than this this act, like with a werewolf, it'd be like you could eat steaks all day. The only food that counts is who you kill when you're a werewolf. And this vampire shit, it's already there, so vampires can only eat. They have to kill somebody to eat. So, like, yeah, you go somewhere and you find enough people, isolate them, trap them in the woods somewhere, and fuck them up for a good long while. Keep some of them alive in this locked freezer. Shit like that. You know what I mean? Like This is like – it's like you basically – you basically do a pedophile island where you lure everybody (laughs) to this island. That's one one of the things you do with your immortality. You become a super hacker that can find all the pedos. You break into their shit. And this is why they killed Jeffrey Epstein. He just never got to enact part two of his plan, which was to go full werewolf on the island. Yeah. They Van Helsing disaster. <laughs> 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 but literally, that's what my first came to my head yeah. to get serial killers and child pornographers and all of the bad people, throw them on an island, and then all your vampires and you just get to work. And you have hurt them a lot. Well, that's another thing. If I was a motherfucking vampire, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. That's the that's the only and the rock means the only interesting thing to me about vampires is 
You go, I'm not going to create a whole bunch of vampires, but I am getting kind of lonely. I'll create this one. And that'll be my best good friend, or that'll be my wife, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you live a, a bunch of years, and then they're just like, they've made fifty other people you don't even deal with, and you didn't sanction. And you're like, what the fuck? Why you? Why'd you make all these? These are my friends, Jeffrey. I mean, fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not on the fucking Spanish galleons anymore, okay, bro? It's not the disco era either. It's the future. We're in the metaverse. You, your vampire girlfriend and her fifty buddies with fucking meta helmets on, jiggling around, and you're just like, I don't understand any of this. All you wanted was you bit some chick in a corset in 1596, and this is what you got now. <laughs> I do and, love, you know, I do love that it reveals how Ed sees. <laughs> Girlfriends, I think <laughs> revealed right there. Uh, the, the, friends, she wants the, to bring them over. Oh the, my god! Okay. She went and made fifty fucking vampires. That's fucking with our food supply. Yeah, We're yeah. the fucking vampires around here. You telling me Todd and them can handle these vampiric powers that we honed over five hundred years? Todd is a dick. You're right. Yeah, You're right. It's fucking bullshit. They got all this heat on us. We got Van Helsing's coming out of our fucking ears when nobody was around here before. This motherfucker blade. Personally, for me, I enjoy vampires more when they're just basically evil uh because then i like them as bad guys that you take the fuck out most of the time uh maybe one or two like the blade situation where it's like one or two something magic happens to them something whatever happens to them and they still keep their morals and realize that what they're doing is bad but the rest of them just they don't think of it as bad that they're almost like lions eating deer they're like that's just what we do we we kill people and there's there's no morals to it. We're at the top of the food chain. This is how the shit works. Mm-hmm. And of course, for us as humans, we have to like think of them as bad guys because of that. And I, I like that better most of the time, but I know that it's better storytelling if the person keeps their morals and has to do this horrible thing every day to stay alive. I don't, I don't know. What do you, how, which ones do you guys like better? I know you love vampires so much, so that's why I'm, trying to <laughs> well that's why we created pedo island because <laughs> you know what i'm saying because like yeah the kind that has to do it yeah i like i definitely like that and the the kind that has to do it and has to kind of get over their morals about it that to me is interesting the ones that are just we're cattle to them i do like to see them get real good and fucked up which is why blade is by far yeah. the best vampire thing that has ever been created of all time mm-hmm. <laughs> of my personal opinion yeah i would say the best vampires I've ever seen portrayed in media are the vampires from what we do in the shadows, because I think that allows you to actually admit the absurdity of having to live within the strictures of being a vampire. Because I I would agree. I don't, I, I don't think there's anything about becoming a vampire that would automatically make you go, let's fucking kill everybody. I hate humans. I think it would just be sort of like, this weird inconvenience that makes your life cooler in some ways and a lot shittier in other ways. And you would mm. just have to try to find this middle ground to just keep going. Yeah. And I also, I also like how, what we do in shadow shows, like there are things you get stuck on, like, like fucking the barbarian one. He still dresses kind of like barbarian, but probably more modern than sure. when he was very first being a warlord. Like he's 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 like two hundred years maybe ahead of 
whatever he was wearing when he first became a vampire or whatever. And then like the, they're they're just stuck in different eras of time. Some of them like the, some of them are still stuck in disco. You know, disco was the time that they really felt alive and felt like shit was really right. cool. 90s hip hop. There are 90s hip hop vampires in that show and shit, you know, just th- th- it's so interesting how also I, I think you touched on it. The inconvenience of, of drinking people mm-hmm. at a certain point, it wouldn't be this evil act or something you relished or anything. It would be like, we got to get some food. Will you pick up some virgins because we're having a party and, you know, we're bringing over the people. It's uh, that sort of thing. Like the inconvenience of Dick Van Dyke. Oh, the boss is coming over. We got to get some virgin blood <laughs> type right. shit that happens in that show is, is also, so why brilliant. does Virgin blood taste so good. I, mean, I don't understand. We all Dude, know. But, we all know. But dude, that's another thing though. Okay, take that to Pedophile Island. Number one, those motherfuckers will taste delicious because a lot of them don't never get nothing. Like, Incel <laughs> Island too. I, I want to oh, put yeah. Pedophile Island and Incel Island aren't the same island, but they're in the same sea. And the I would Venn diagrams over. overlap. Let's yeah, I would up. fly over to Incel Island to be like, be like, hey, are you the Giga Chad that's going to give us magical powers by biting us? Some of that's right, bud. <laughs> 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 I love how this topic went way off of uh, the greatest immortals and into what we would do if we were immortal. But see, I'll bring it back in saying that as we're talking about vampires, I almost think that Lestat from the Vampire Diaries is one of the worst immortals because the Agreed. one thing that you wouldn't do if you had all of time spanning out in front of you is become fucking full of ennui and existential angst over like, am I doing what I should be doing? I mean, maybe in the first hundred years, but at a certain point, like you're going to move beyond that. You know what I mean? You better hope you do. Well, and then that's the, but I think that's the, the question that gets asked in those situations is, is, is your personality changeable? Do you become a different person? And I don't know. Look, I've known people for 30 or 40 years uh, at this point now because, you know, I'm in my 40s. So I have a few friends that I've known for literally 30 years, if not more. And I can tell you that most of them have barely changed. (laughs) Their main personality is their main personality. So the question is, once you become immortal, does your main personality stay your main personality? And if you are that guy who's already been living in an ennui? Do you continue that for the next 5,000 years? I don't know, man. I think that might be a too simplistic way to look at it. Because, I think it is. But... Because for them, the answer is no, right? Like, that should be. Any of us, none of us feel like, oh, man, you know, barring a traumatic brain injury, it's like I'm such a different person in a way that, you know, is somehow divorced from just the natural evolution of like, you go through time and experience and you change because of that. But somebody who, you know, only knew me when I was 12 might meet me now and be like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, you're a totally different guy, but that's just because they don't know what I've been through. And I think Hmm. that that just gets exacerbated on long enough timescales. Yeah. You go through so much shit. Well, so then that makes immortality kind of interesting because now it's an exploration of how uh, what kind of cool changes can you go through through time i think that's honestly what the function of the stories should be right like and also 
what are the limits of one person? Because a lot of what we've been talking about here is like, well, shit, if you could live for a thousand years, like you would be rich and you would control politics and you could do whatever you want. But I don't know if that's actually true. I no, really, right. I, I really think that that assumption, I'm glad that we are challenging that because yeah, I think that is number one. I think that there are people who would envision being immortal in different countries and different cultures who wouldn't automatically go billionaire world magnate with their yeah. immortal mortality. They'd be like, I would live long and I would make a lot of descendants that I would guide I would guide all of my descendants through their lives with my knowledge or something. Somebody would say some shit like that. None of us said no shit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we're in a capitalist fucking hellscape where we think we're, oh, well, if you just get enough power, if you get enough money, you'll automatically get enough power. Yep. And with that power, you'll make change for good or ill. So we've been engineered to like think that way. The, but but we also, we've been indoctrinated in the rugged individualist. So yes, as a rugged individualist, you'll be able to amass enough wealth and power to make change. That'll make no kind of goddamn sense. Because when you really look at the few people who actually got big, let's look at Ford. Ford is a, a conglomeration, uh, a workforce that was ready, an invention that that made things easier, and just a, confl- a perfect storm. Yeah. I don't think you just sort of think that well, up and just do that a well, hundred times as an immortal. These guys are not as smart as you think they are. They are lucky. They had one good idea, and the one good idea got lucky. It was the right time for the right thing. If MySpace hadn't come out at the time it came out, and then they made Facebook, Facebook might be MySpace, and whatever the next idea was that was like Facebook would have been the better idea. Who knows how that all would have turned out? And once you're a billionaire, you can fuck up. You're talking about Ford. That's just the perfect timing for him to have come out with that thing. But with immortality, you might be able to get perfect timing at one point or another. Mm. It's going to happen at some sure. point. Who knows I mean, when that odds, would be? Your odds definitely go down or up, however you want to oh. think about it. Yeah, yeah. your, your odds yeah. go up because you can make a bunch of mistakes and not die mm-hmm. for those mistakes and then yeah. be fine. And eventually something will hit and you can become a billionaire or powerful. You could also read all of the books. I mean, but, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, well, but on, on this on this whole front, though, th- there's something interesting really here the 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 one individual, let's say you struck it rich. Your thing was the pet rock and it's twenty ninety seven. You made the pet rock and you made the keep on trucking sticker. <laughs> right. The 70s yeah. were just hot for you for some reason. Uh-huh. And then let's say also, fuck it. You also created the six million dollar man. Let's give you those three things. You're still broke as fuck by 2097, <laughs> or like, or like you you made you made the Turbo Graphic 16. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like you, there's these these periods. But the other thing I was gonna say is the Type B. We've talked enough about the Type A. The yeah. Type B is what makes me really just so excited about the subject. But think mm-hmm. about it. Think about how timid one could be if they knew they could die by a fucking. In my life, a fucking power line snapped above me and danced around and almost landed on my car. You're an immortal. That happened 26 times, things of that nature. A a trolley accident, 32 times. Bus, car crash, 56, 60 car crashes in your life if you're an immortal. You know what I'm saying? All these different things. And you're just like, 
oh my God, like I could die. How timid I would be timid. I, I'll tell you my first instinct is I would be more timid because I would understand that, the, that there's so much shit that could happen. The only thing that could take me out is an accident. And over right. my life, I've had a, a significant enough amount, ac- enough of accidents to sear into my brain. You know what I'm saying? If you were the type B, this whole, if you were a type B and you were an adventurer, you a bad motherfucker. That's really facing death. That's really being a bad motherfucker, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, I think just the reality is over a long enough time span, the odds of dying in an accident approach one, right? Like mm. you you will, you just will. Yeah. There, yeah. And, and so it's just a question of like, yeah, how paranoid are you going to become to try to avoid that? But that also is a totally different shifting of your priorities then, right? Because mm-hmm. then it becomes, well, how worth it is it to keep living versus what I could be experiencing by doing these other things? You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that would change incredibly over a lifetime, whatever that means to you, whether it's 30 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, whatever. You know, the way you do that calculus in your head is going to be constantly evolving. Like, is this worth it? Is it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who who are type Bs that we are, are can think of? You don't see it a lot in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Just this idea that like somehow I have stopped naturally aging. So I'm never going to have a heart attack. I mean, cancer is the other one that comes up a lot. So like cancer is not necessarily a natural uh, it's not your body just naturally aging it is a runaway mm. mutation oh shit it's so, like if you're an immortal but you like smoke the shit out of cigarettes for the whole 40s right you could fuck around and die and, be, and your doctor be smoking a cigarette looking at you i don't know what the fuck is going on with you bub yeah, knock it off <laughs> and this, what's really interesting about that is that this comes up in modern science because The science of aging is one of the things that's quietly been accelerating over the past few decades to the point where people are like, it's conceivable that like within our lifetime, within the next 40 to 50 years, we could extend the human lifespan by hundreds of years. So that's not necessarily immortal, but it might as well be. And some of the questions that they ask is like, if and when we get to that point, what are we going to do about cancer? Because if you're living for hundreds of years, it's not even a question of odds. You will get cancer. And so Mm. it's sort of, it's one of these things where like, if we solve aging, we also have to cure cancer or else we're essentially creating billions of future cancer patients. Damn. That's bananas. And then you also need the hospital's, and the hospital staff mm-hmm. to cover that right. many people. And then you right. need, then we will run out of resources, by the way, because at some point the planet will be too full of people. Well, it brings up another really interesting question. Does that mean more babies or fewer babies? Ooh, that's a great point because, mm. because when you're living that long, also how long can you have kids? Does that change? Are well, they, well, and also, also just to be clear, most of the reason to have kids is immortality. Yep. Argue with anybody else. Yep. <laughs> Most yep. of the reason is that I'm terribly shit. If you can have that yourself, why why do it? And it is it is a genetic predisposition, right? Like you are every living thing is programmed to reproduce. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of emotional fulfillment out of kids. We really enjoy sex. We really enjoy the idea of romantic love. 
that's all just genetics programming us to do and feel things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoy so, that, guys. Well, right. But so, like, <laughs> solving aging doesn't remove that. Nope. But it then makes it a way crazier moral consideration where it's like, hmm, should I? Like, right now, people are already struggling with, does it make sense to bring kids into the world when we're in the middle of a climate crisis and we're more divided than ever and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people come down on the answer being no, but like, okay, we're in a world where nobody is dying naturally. Everybody will either get cancer or die in a horrible accident. And we have to provide resources for hundreds of years for every new mouth that comes into the world. Is it moral to have children? I don't know. That's so wow. interesting. Well, and as a, as a type B immortal, you have a kid, you watch it die, and you, you and just how careful you'd want your kid to be because you don't want it to die, and then it gets old as, as old it's an old man, and he's looking at you, and you're like 27, you're like, man, how the fuck are you 27, Dad? Why'd you pass some of those genes down? Yeah, a genie bit me, whatever the fuck. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> you, know you know what's kind of funny about that, too, is you know we keep thinking about it from the point of view of being immortal, but think about if you, right now, as you exist, had a great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa who loved you like a grandfather but has been alive since the year 1450. You know what I mean? And he's just in your family and you have a relationship with that person. That would be really interesting. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, let's go to the natural place where I go with that. How fucking annoyed would that person be with you? Because you would just be asking them all these stupid ass questions. Uh, did you fight Custer? Um, what was your stance on the Civil War? Were you for the slaves? Or I mean, you could be honest with me, Grandpa. You know, there's a bunch of these stupid questions you would ask him all the way up to now. Was the Dick Van Dyke show really that good when it first came out? You know, there's so you much. Don't shit. understand, Ed? Is is you would gain patience? Yeah, I know you have no patience for questions <laughs> in your life right now. But if you lived thousands of years. You would be patient with people. It would. Ugh. It's it's crazy to think about, but that Ugh. would actually happen, Ed. Yeah, I'd be I'd be in my I'd be in my shack trying to make a make a, a an immortal woman like goddamn Frankenstein. Well, here let me let me try and find some middle ground between the two of you guys. So I think about my grandpa, uh, who's since passed away, but like I used to pepper him with all kinds of ridiculous questions as a kid, but he really seemed to enjoy talking about his life and answering those Mm. questions and giving me that perspective. However, how much of his enjoyment came from the knowledge that like he was getting older and he might die. And this is a way for him to pass on and Mm -hmm. make meaning from all the things he did is give it to his grandchild. So if you know that that's not going to happen to you, do you actually have patience for that (laughs) bullshit? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the medium, you right? Give a shit about stories anymore. Oh, dude, the yada, yada, yadaing you would do, be like, yada, 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 I was on a galleon. Yada, 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 we washed up on shore. Ponce de Leon was saying some shit. Yada, yada, yada. You know, it's like you'd be yeah, glossing every, over the best stories of all time. If you've lived so long that you've seen every story, do stories no longer become, are stories no longer interesting? Or are they the only interesting thing? Because the only thing that you haven't experienced is something coming out of somebody else's head. Oh, that's true. That's a mm. great point. 
that's why Lestat and them like to go to the movies. They're not Lestat, but uh, homeboy Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, Louis, he loved the movies because he could see sunrises and shit. He like embraced the new world a little bit. Whereas Lestat was like sucking rats down in his <laughs> down in, down in his dilapidated house, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he didn't embrace the new world. He didn't get with the times. I think all these things, as as we round out here, um, the aging metaphor. I think we're getting to it. Like the way you live your life, how what you do with your life. We all know guys who have seemed to have five lifetimes. Jack Kirby had like three lifetimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, rou- r- roused about soldier, uh, artist fucking genius you know what i mean yeah well i think about that even with my own grandfather who was in the navy fought in the korean war visited the north pole multiple times on icebreakers played professional baseball played both baseball and basketball for northwestern in college uh became a draftsman for i think granger so he was like designing farm equipment and shit and then was just like a suburban dad who raised a bunch of kids. And it was like, he lived at least two lifetimes, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so he had a lot of interesting stories, but like by the end, he was just a dude. You know what I mean? And I think mm. that that's what, uh, where a lot of these immortal stories might get to like in your own mind. I don't know if you think that you're all that like, if anything, being immortal might make you realize you're not, you're the least special person on earth. Cause it's like, yeah, I did all this shit. And then like the consequences of it came and went. And then I just had to keep on living, you know? Mm, yeah. The, you don't get that finite. Yeah. I love this part of the conversation where we kind of talk ourselves into it being okay that we're dying after exploring <laughs> all of that shit right this i'd love yeah. this part it was this train's never late as chris rock would say this train's never late you always have to because to debunk the the immortal myth is almost necessary and i think that's why we do belittle immortal characters and we don't let them be as fresh as some of the conceptions we've pitched t- today is because we want to believe that there is something about the urgency of mm-hmm. a life lived knowing that you're going out you know what I'm saying? I do think that even at the the slow, lazy pace that I've learned my skills, I become a professional at like four things. And it's like, wow, like that, that I did something with my time, you know? And I and it's like uh, I gained these skills and I, I saw myself without these skills. I saw myself after these skills. That's kind of an interesting thing. And as you march on and you've what's your last skill you're gonna learn, right? Perfectly carving a fucking little, the little chicken lizard that we're eating in the year 2100 or whatever, <laughs> because there's no natural animals. We just make these goddamn chimeras that we eat. And they, we buy them at Trader Joe's, you know, <laughs> that we eat these little genetic chimeras in our desert palaces off of bombed glass tables from the nuclear wars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and we're doing this weird thing, but like, what's that last skill that you're going to get before you croak? That's kind of an interesting thought. Like the last thing, the last truly new thing you learn to master before you die. Hmm. Eating pussy. <laughs> that should I be mean, the I first get, skill. That should be I mean, the first I, skill you master. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm good at it, like, but I want to be the master of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm solid at it right now. <laughs> But I want to be the master of it. It's like every girl wants a 96-year-old motherfucker to eat their pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. For 
professionally. I do it professionally, just to be clear. <laughs> There's nowhere to go from there. I'm Shut sorry. Shut the lights I, down, close it up. <laughs> so there is one other. <laughs> so I, I do want to say, uh, I do want to bring up, there is a few immortals that are not, it's not like, they're cursed with immortality. So the, you know, there's supposedly there's a, the wandering Jew. Um, mm-hmm. Some people have put the wandering Jew as actually being Judas. Some people say that Judas was, was cursed. Uh, I've seen that in a few like mythologies mm-hmm. um, to live forever and just basically be miserable and live with his guilt. Um, but of course, you know, in a lot of those uh, stories, he's like, yeah, he's gotten over that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, huh. I'll, I mean, I'll say this. My personal favorite um, immortal characters are the wandering Jew and Satan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, we got to talk about Satan. Cause uh, I got to yeah, say, I got to say d- number one, I have an interesting relationship with Satan and I'll try to say it succinctly. Here goes. This is great. If Satan is inside a little girl in your house, I do not give a fuck at all. And that's your fucking problem. And stop bringing priests for this thing to eat. That's your problem, bitch. Handle your fucking business. I don't give, I don't give a fuck at all. Okay. That's, that's a weird take. <laughs> no, that that's, that's He's my, not that's my take. Ed is leaving. He's not I getting don't, involved. Don't give a fuck. This this bitch ain't spitting nothing on me or nobody I know. We ain't getting in there. Okay. Now, my other thing is I like things like devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. I like things like when he's putting his influence into people on earth and making earth more like hell. Because I, I suppose in hell, the evil people reign, correct? Well, the devil's mission on earth should be to make a world where... Being good, it's impossible to be rich being good, which I would say the motherfucker is winning right now if that's the motherfucking case, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it's almost impossible to get rich. Excuse me, almost. I put almost in there because I'm a capitalist. <laughs> it's impossible to get rich without being a total piece of shit and doing some evil shit and exploiting people, period. And, by and the that's way, what his rich, mission mean, is. Like- insane rich we're not talking yeah we know who the fuck rich people are yeah, yeah. and like the rich and wealthy all, all that language over well, you're rich shit. or you're wealthy or well, all that language is sponsored by rich people by the way <laughs> so that more so because because the one percent make four hundred fifty thousand dollars so when we start eating the rich some people with two bass boats and a big mcmansion are getting eight too <laughs> that's just how it is i'm sorry fuck it there ain't gonna be no quarter when it really comes down to it yeah. but anyway like i was talking about the devil would make a world where it's it's too hard to succeed being good. And that's why I like shit like devil's advocate. You take over one girl in one room, you to say that the devil's plan would be something as facile as that is stupid. Plus, that wasn't the devil, that was Pazuzu, Pazuzu another yeah. another demon. So I'm just saying the devil, the devil is that immortal we were talking about. Fingers in a bunch of pies, influence over a bunch of people, that Vandal Savage type of thing. That scares the fuck out of me. That scares me so much more. Than all that other bullshit. Somebody who talked almost talked Jesus into fucking forsaken God, talking to the average American capitalist. Can you imagine how convincing his speeches would be to the average human American, mm. and how much evil he would would be wrought? So my conception of Satan is always closer to uh, Paradise Lost, where Satan is portrayed as basically a sympathetic protagonist. Um, which I don't think is mutually exclusive from what you were just saying, Ed, but it's mm-hmm. essentially a guy who's 
you know, born into a world where he just doesn't like the way shit works. And he happens to um, have a relationship with the boss. And then (laughs) because he doesn't like the way shit works, he gets cast out. And the idea is essentially he has to live forever with his shame. But the devil is like, no, fuck that. I'm going to live however the fuck I want to live. And so he builds pandemonium, the, uh, you know, his, his palace in hell, which was supposed to be like his barren wasteland of a prison. But he's like, no, I'm going to build a palace down here. motherfucker. <laughs> and then, it, but there's something interesting to that whole idea because you're essentially cursed with immortality and theoretically the shame of immortality, but you have the purpose of knowing that your adversary, the person who cursed you, the person who's responsible for any sense of frustration or ennui that you have is accessible to you. And I think that that's so different than the way we would think about immortality, which is where it's, it's a generic curse. It's like, well, I just have to continue existing and experiencing things, but Satan's curse comes with the knowledge, the certainty of like, if I put the pieces together in the right way, I can I can make this all work the way I want it to. Like you're not necessarily at the mercy of anything or anyone, which as we were getting to earlier, hell is other people. So in mm. the in the human conception of immortality, that's the one thing you can never change is that there's all these other people doing whatever the fuck they want, no matter how smart, talented, powerful you are. But that's not the case for Satan. And I think that makes the story way more interesting. Uh, I don't believe Satan exists. So, um, <laughs> But as a literary you know, figure. As a, as a literary figure. And it depends on which one. It depends on which one you're watching. Like, uh, have you guys watched Lucifer at all? The TV show? I'm aware of it. It's pretty good. And he's a little bit of a narcissist who has a fucking daddy issues. <laughs> and he works through <laughs> some of that. Still has a little bit of the narcissism for the funny part. But also ends up basically becoming God um, and and takes over for his dad. And his dad is like, oh, yeah, the reason I put you in charge of hell was because I wanted you to learn how to take care of shit. And you did. And so now you can be, you have to earn getting uh, uh, into heaven, uh, being in charge of, you know, everything basically. And it's, it's an interesting concept because, you know, you also learn that when you're in charge of everything, you can't answer every prayer. You can't answer... You can't, you know, like everything can't be great. Like sometimes things just go the way they're going to go, which is, I don't know. This is, it's just interesting. Um, I also like um, the Satan, Satanists view of Satan, but like to to be clear, Satanists view of Satan is that he does not exist. Like the church of Satan's official stance is that the supernatural is fake. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I love it. It's super yeah. entertaining. <laughs> uh, the concept of Satan, I, I don't know. It depends on which one you're going for. Like, there's a bunch. And there is a the evil concept of Satan, too, where, you know, he's 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 trying to influence everybody to be real bad or whatever um, uh, and, and, and make bad decisions. Uh, in Supernatural, there's a guy who becomes the king of hell who isn't technically Satan. And a lot of part of what he does is just get people to, to like, give him his soul so that he can get more power and then, then, you know, torture him for a little bit. Cause that's his job. But also, you know, he wants to drink a lot and sing karaoke, you know, like that. And well, cool. I think, 
it's such a good metaphor for how we do things in like corporate America, right? Oh, okay. We're we're all the if if the devil and the god are fighting for souls, then uh there's only so Sunday school ain't as good as a blowjob. And it ain't never gonna be. That's why some of these preacher motherfuckers try to combine them. They're like, oh shit, if we can get we can get both these things together, man. We're cooking with gas. Uh, the point being that the devil is essentially short-term gratification. Yeah. Which, yes. Which is an interesting corollary to the whole idea of immortality, because at what point does short-term gratification no longer become gratification? Or when does it become the only gratification? Because in the point of view of an immortal, everything is short term. And dig this. Let's say you got to be so fucking immortal, you're cursed, you're Satan. One of the probably curses of Satan is Satan ain't coming like that. Mm. Satan, Satan's cummed out, man. By this time, Satan done fucked everything from a Dilla Joe, damned if I know. So it, it ain't going to be no, his hedonism is over. But yeah. what he can do is get your, you know, get your wife to do X, Y, and Z. What he can do is fuck your life up. What he can do is make this person be uh, having this decision and watch the fallout of it. And just the shot in Freud of watching yourself destroy lives and shit. Yeah. That's gotta be, oh man, it's gotta be good. And and if your adversary is God and you're literally trying to steal souls from him, it's also more gratifying because you know, you're beating the, who is considered the most powerful. If if so God good. if God set up all these fucking rules, like Homeboy yep. was saying, if God sets up all these rules, look, but don't touch, touch, but don't taste, taste, but don't enjoy it. If indeed that is how God set it up and you make a bunch of people defy all those things to where they fuck up the rules and go to hell, it ain't so much grabbing their souls. It's fuck you, motherfucker. Right. See that? Yeah. You set up a game that I can win better than them. So now so you got like the talented 10th up in heaven there's like 10 percent of people five percent of people one percent of people up there in heaven long-suffering shitheads on earth but the people that i marshal they're winners on this planet they're the billionaires they're the magnates rudy giuliani donald trump all these guys they shot devil's advocate the, the evil apartment of craig t nelson in that movie is donald trump's very apartment and they did not have to change one gaudy thing in there that's they amazing. kept it exactly as is to show, and that character was like a wealthy um, land magnate uh, construction guy in mm-hmm. Devil's Advocate. Gold ceilings and all this weird shit. And they were just like, this is perfect. And they didn't yeah. have to redress anything. They saved so much money on the budget. That's kind of, <laughs> well, because you know that Trump gouged them for uh, that location fee. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. You know what's funny? Everything you were just saying actually reminds me of one of the greatest Thanos stories ever written which is where you find out that and it's it's both funny and awesomely tragic that amongst all of his bids to like kill half the universe and destroy the avengers and take over earth or whatever the fuck else every year he also ruins one guy's birthday and it is <laughs> it is amazing i think it may have been written by donny cates But, like, it was this short story that was written. It was like a backup feature in something that Marvel put out within the past, I don't know, 15 years. Where, like, he just just randomly chose this some baby at a hospital and was like, I'm just going to make this guy's life suck. And, like, they didn't pull punches. Like, every year Thanos would show up and, like, 
one year, I, I think he burned down the guy's house with his parents in it, but made sure that the, that the child lived just to feel the suffering. And then, like, Thanos just kept showing up over the course of, like, 30 years to randomly fuck with this guy and would, like, make time for it amongst all the other shit that he was doing. And, like, it's an amazing story because it shows the capriciousness of everything when you're an immortal, right? Which is yeah. sort of what you were talking about, Ed, where it's like when you get sick of like eating anything you want or fucking anything you want or doing anything you want, at a certain point, the only thing that's gratifying is just the schadenfreude of destroyed lives. Dude, that's, and, and if you flip it, if you flip it, like the dopeness of making somebody's life super great, but the capriciousness comes as to who you pick to do that to. You're just like, all right, you're cool. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. You do that with all the citizens of the world, basically. Well, and like in the Thanos case, you couldn't even, it was a baby. It was just like (laughs) this baby. Cause why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's that's the fucked up part. Well, and you know what? You know what just occurred to me while you guys were talking about all uh, the the Satan versus God, the Thanos stuff. It's interesting because the reason in this in this that God story that we exist is because God wants people to be able to make free choices, but to feel the kind of love that can only be uh, chosen, like. It's not like you're forced to because angels love God because they're made to love God and do what they're told. And uh, humans can make a choice to do that. And uh, and it's an argument between free will. And it's an interesting argument because Satan's argument is, uh, is free will really that great, buddy? Mm-hmm. And then God argues back, yeah, it sure is. And I think that's that's actually kind of more interesting than I thought it was. I never, it never occurred to me till right now that maybe a big por- a big portion of an argument between immortality is about free will and how much free will you actually have. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also dope how we were grossly earlier uh, rolling back the tape. We were grossly overestimating how much freedom immortality would actually give one. Because yeah. I mean, I there, again, you go to go to fucking Walmart. Look at some eighty-year-old motherfucker greeting people at the door. They're not all doing it just. To, oh, Grandpa wants to get out and you know keep his quads in order. So you know, mm. that's not the case. A lot of those motherfuckers have to work, and that's the job that'll hire a fucking puppet. You know what I'm saying? Like at this point, you know, and I just that's brutal, dude. Some of those old motherfuckers working at McDonald's and shit, they need that job. And there, there. I know there's a guy uh, at one of the comedy clubs that I that I frequent and uh, perform at, who's a waiter who has been there for 40 years. Don't nobody want to be a fucking waiter for 40 years. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck how much ma- how much mastery of waiting you have. Don't nobody want to be in a waiter for 40 years. He had no. to, and he's working at an age that's just abominable. He's having a good time because he's made it a good time, and he's going to die happy. But should nobody that dude's age have to be waiting on any fucking body? in a just society you know what i'm saying and it's just like that part is like just imagine being a broke ass immortal i kind of want to as we round out the conversation i want to talk about that imagine Mm. realizing that one man can't make a difference actually Mm -hmm. imagine how punishing that would be no matter how long you live no matter how many schemes you had you end up broke as for you five thousand years old broke as fuck that's a real possibility in a capitalistic society it is 
but that's why that's why I think the the actual end game of immortality, if you were to play it out, would be to become an ascetic recluse, right? Like you realize the best laid plans will never go the way you want. You realize that like no matter how much wealth and power you accrue, if there's, you know, there's no end game to it. So it's like, it's all fleeting on a long enough time scale. And especially if you realize that you're not actually that good at any, like you're not good at making money and you're not good at accruing power and blah, blah, blah. But even if you are, even if you're the greatest at it, I think the end game is still, I am just going to live a humble life away from other people or in the best case scenario, in a very Jesus way, trying to help people on an individual scale. You know, I'm going to move somewhere, live very modestly where there's a lot of need and just with my own two hands, do what I can do. You know, I, I think that's the end game. So basically it's, that's a Lord Hanuman um, known from uh, Ramayana and avatar of Lord Shiva. Uh, He's immortal, supposedly lives in the Himalayas. Uh, and he's known for being the most devote, uh, de- the biggest devotee of Rama. And what he does is stand for selflessness, courage, devotion, intelligence, strength, celibacy, and righteous conduct. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a, he, it's essentially the Hindu version of Buddha. Yeah, it's you're yeah. just you're a piece. And I think there's probably a little less of the righteousness and stuff. I think a lot of it will be more like a middle ground where it's you're just sort of centered and not worrying about too much of that stuff and sort of living your life as best as you can and as happy as you can while chilling out. I'm going to I'm going to take a bath now cuz that that's what that makes me want to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well as we as we as we dismount, I would like for us to say the top 3 careers we would be we would do if we were now that we've had a chance to think about it think about it because i my first thing i threw out was go fuck with sharks i wouldn't do that again (laughs) with with the knowledge that i've gained over the last hour i don't think i would go fuck with sharks (laughs) (laughs) Um, i might apply myself to something with people because you know what i realized there's some entrepreneur entrepreneurial shithead llc culture person out there right now going you know if you live long enough, you would make a bunch of relationships, and that's that why that's why you could never be broke, stupid. If you make relationships, people will well, keep also, you, blah, blah, which is like pretty fucking true, actually. So like, well, also <laughs> like compound interest is real. So like, just yeah. get your money in a nice secure bank, and like two hundred <laughs> years from years. now, yeah, you're, you're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, as we get out here, let's each give our top three jobs we would we would we would try to do. Maybe like we, we don't know that we could actually do it, but given a long enough timeline, you could do a lot of things. So, Ron, what would you do? Top three jobs. So to be clear, um, obviously podcaster and stand-up <laughs> comedian. No, I still would do stand-up comedy, but I think I'd I think I'd write stories. Yeah, I agree agree with that. I I mean, the the number one thing that comes to mind is like, I would take 30 years or however the fuck long it took me to just write the most epic and draw the most detailed graphic novel I could like, no shortcuts, every fucking panel is a masterpiece, just because I could, like, I just what I would want to create some sort of magnum opus. And maybe after 30 years, like, I would realize, well, that was some bullshit, but I would have to do it in order to get there. So I would do that. Mm. 
those really good those really good <laughs> things to do, especially given the fact that that these are some of the things I definitely already want to do. But I do yeah. think stand up in the year twenty ninety seven or something like to fucking to be an observational comic for a hundred yeah. years would oh. be really hard. I remember the time when you had to turn on a TV instead of just blinking your eyes to watch the show. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it just—it would be so hard to keep up, which is why I love in those old vampire stories to throw your vampires a bone. The one thing they can't suck, I guess. Uh, the, the the vampires that are stuck in an era, like they yeah. couldn't keep up. They they just they just hopped off the train at some place. Like in me, my musical taste, I hopped off the train in the early two thousands. The train left me. Early two thousands, I'm done. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what I'm saying, and I listen to a lot of new music, but it ain't like my favorite shit anymore. My favorite shit is a little bit of older shit. And then like things by black thought who raps like the guys I used to listen to sure. back in the days. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just this yeah. placebo pill for old school hip hop. You know what I mean? So, but yes, I would love so, to d- dedicate myself to a magnum opus. But one thing I think I might do is maybe because I can't do this skill right now, make a truly epic video game, the exact hmm. way I want to make it. And like just spend enough time, even raising the engineers you know what I'm saying? Like, I fucking make computer camps to raise the exact type of engineer. I'll approach him like the NBA and, and be like, okay, you're going to make this super fresh world of blah, blah, blah. Because I've always had some great ideas for video games, but I have no programming experience or anything thing like that. I can draw. So drawing a graphic novel, to me, it seems like, yeah, if I had a long enough time, I would do that. But I, I have enough time now to learn how to program, to basically breed programmers, you know what I'm saying? To find them from all over the world and, and indoctrinate them to my cause to make the one true super greatest video game of all time. I think I'd like to do that. Like a really cool video game. Can I tell you what I wouldn't fucking do? No matter if, even if I was immortal, learn programming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't give a fuck. And like the culture of like, oh, this is the last true form of human expression because soon everything will be done via this digital substrate. I don't care. It sucks. I'm not doing it. Fair. Well, we found um, our first Luddite immortal. <laughs> that, yeah. like, dude, uh, that'd be funny. Like, dude, you're an immortal, but you like just, I don't do computers. So the like last thousand <laughs> years of your life is fucked up. I'm not saying you're like that on programming because honestly, the reason... Again, my I'll little short, programs. yeah, my little short fat life. I'm not wasting it learning programming. I agree with that. But if I'm an immortal, it's it's a drop in the bucket, you know. But I get and, what you're saying. And by the way, like my number two job that I would do takes care of anything I would need programming to help me with, which is real estate speculator. Motherfucker, if I was immortal, I would just be buying land, and I don't give a shit. Like I would take you know ten thousand dollars and buy a worthless piece of land in Arkansas. Because on a long enough timetable, somebody's going to want to buy that land yep. more mm-hmm. expensive than I bought it for. So I would mm-hmm. just own so much fucking land. Mm-hmm. I think I would do. I think I would do science stuff. Mm. And, and when I say science stuff, I think I might. If I'm immortal, I'm going to learn every single science that I can possibly learn from medical doctor to mechanical engineer 
We're talking about one, we're talking about one. I, I guess you're. I guess Bill expanded it to a lifetime of being a land hoarder, uh, the the la, the last true vampire, the landlord. I would be your landlord if yeah. I was immortal. I don't care who you are. I would be your landlord. <laughs> um, I just you know it'd probably be more astrophysics because it's most the yes. most interesting thing to me. Um, and I've never had, and I didn't get the interest until I got older. And mm. so, you know, cause when I was a kid, I was too busy learning, you know, that you can't trust anyone. And so you have to <laughs> survive on your own. So I couldn't, I couldn't spend any time being interested in science. So, so now I'm like, you know, now that I'm into collaboration and, and all of that sort of thing, I would love to to learn astrophysics. Like, I think it's super interesting. I think it's physics in general is probably like one of the most important things that a scientist that we could actually use and know about. So, yeah. Um, I think I would on a long enough timeline, I would want to be so fit that I could literally do anything. I think that would be really interesting. Cause I, I think I would spend some years being like a physical Marvel and I know it's just because I've never been one. So that in my fantasies, I have enough time to work on everything and, and my body bounces back because I'm immortal and all this kind of shit. So I would just get stupid fit and be like Bo Jackson, just like fucking just knocking homers, snapping bats, getting on a plane. I don't need any recovery. I'm going to go play a whole basketball game tonight. Oh, shit. They need an extra wide receiver in the Super Bowl. I'm there. You know, I'm just, I'm just uh-huh. everywhere. I'm like great hero Jim Thorpe. Of fifty years, and then I disappear, and I and I leave my fortune to like become, the the you know, legend. yeah, I become a super fucking legend, and I leave all my super fortune to like uh, little ghetto kids, so they don't have to be athletes. And I say, look, you only get this money if you don't be an athlete. This is my gift to all the cities of America. This grant goes to all the young minority students and uh, and some dirty white boys. We, we're going to look at your financials and see if you qualify as a minority by your by your money. <laughs> and then we'll see how your privilege is sapped and we'll get some of this money, too. But the bottom line is you motherfuckers can't be athletes no more. You will never get to touch a basketball or do none of this bullshit anymore. You have to learn something actual and cool. And they'd be like, all right, fine. Because you know when it, when that bullshit isn't your lifeline, you your mind opens up to a bunch of different shit, and I would give that to a whole another generation by being the greatest athlete. You can't beat me. I'm the Michael Jordan of everything. That's why I said Bo Jackson. Because if Bo Jackson on a long enough timeline, Bo Jackson could play all sports for twenty years, he would have eclipsed a lot of people's records in almost all sports. You know what I mean? He was that great of an athlete. Yeah. If without without that injury, I think he would have been the greatest running back of all time. I think so. I really think yeah. so. All right. Well, my number three job, um, if I can't be bad, if number three isn't being Batman. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. My, my number three job would probably be just coinciding with what Ron was saying, like a cosmologist. I would love to go back to school, especially once I got all the arts making out of my system. Yeah. I would go back to school to finally learn what all those equations meant and then try to, you know, study dark energy or something like that. That'd be so cool. Huh. Yeah, I guess my last job has to be science-based, too, so I'll just be an astronaut. Thank you. Oh, that's a good <laughs> choice, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's what that's that, that, choice. Yeah, that's what I would do, because I'd be like, yeah, and I would let them test a bunch of shit on shape. me. Yes, yes, right? 
Yeah, they'd be like, oh, this dude, he looks just like Super Bo Jackson. Why did I name myself Super Bo Jackson? I don't know. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> dude, that guy looks exactly like Super Bo Jackson. Super Bo Jackson disappeared 50 years ago, bro. Let it go. This guy's really jacked, though. And he's like the best. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just, I know all the stuff, the physics shit. To, I know enough. I don't know as much as Ron or you guys, but I know enough to get in the fucking thing to actually go experience these things. And like, if I'm in the space program 200 years, all the advancements I'll be able to see, all the experiments I let them try on me, different shooting out the different stuff, jo- shoot me into a black hole, baby. Let's see if I can make it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? All that shit. You'd have to get LASIK though. You can't be joining the astronaut <laughs> program with uh, with glasses. Don't no, work. he'll have um, perfect vision. Okay. Uh, well, I, my immortality would give me perfect vision. I think. Yeah. Would it yeah. fix my color blindness? Because if so, then I would want to be an yes. astronaut. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> no, it, it does, won't. 100%. You have to be a land. You're, you're the ah. landlord. Stay on the land. Fuck off. I'm in space. <laughs> you know. But yes, dude. I got a third one. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Bust it. I'm gonna be. The best action film star, martial arts film star <laughs> of all time. <laughs> like Kumail in the Eternals? 100%. Yeah, like Kumail in the Eternals. He was, oh, he yes, was a Bollywood yes, star right. for generation yeah, after generation. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's uh, I'm going to be, one at least for a one lifetime, I'm going to be the best action star that's ever happened. Oh, dude, with your Rod Swallow catchphrases, like, some motherfuckers don't know how to skate. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, you can't even misty flip. <laughs> oh my god! It'll be yeah, rollerblading like, terms. That's hilarious, dude. You're gonna be doing. You get. Oh, okay. So let's name some of Rod's movies as we dismount. Okay, Gleaming the Cube. <laughs> there's a Gleaming the Cube ripoff, but with rollerbladers. There's okay, definitely I mean, one of those, and there's a there's definitely some kind of time cop situation. There's, that, but there's like a Death Race 2000, but it's on rollerblades. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I do love that I'm going to be in rollerblades in all of these now. This no, is okay. great too. Uh, die hard with rollerblades. Like no. he starts out with no shoes and then he puts <laughs> rollerblades on so he can get around the different places in the tower. I fight people with rollerblades, just wheels getting kicked, mm-hmm. people getting kicked in the face with wheels. And the blade dragon. That would be <laughs> Dude, wheels of <laughs> wheels with a Z of steel. <laughs> well, dude. Thank you guys for discussing immortality with me. If you guys out there want to be immortals, you can leave us a five-star review. We'll live forever in history if you leave that review. Uh, Apple Podcasts is going to last forever. (laughs) It's going to be the real immortality. (laughs) So leave a five-star review for us. It helps us move up in the charts. It really, really, really does help. So please do that. Um, You can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thegreatestpod. And you should also go to manscaped.com and put in the code greatest pod to get 20% off of some really cool beard trimmer action. Oh, yeah. The, the beard hedger. Uh, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Ooh. Stainless steel blades works in the shower. It's fucking awesome. I'm using it right now. You can't see me, but I'm doing it. Put in greatest pod when you check out 20% off and free shipping. And that is another immortal. I think that's how you say immortal, guys. Immortal <laughs> episode of The Greatest Fun.